Hi, I'm Anas. And I'm Grace. We love the Wheel of Time fandom, and we love talking about why it's so special. Our mission is to give back to the fandom through projects that amplify the fun and camaraderie. I thought it was we make people cry. Mm, yeah, but in a good way. This, This is The Light's Work. Hello and welcome back to The Light's Work. This is Anas and as always I have my very brave friend Grace. Grace, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I appreciate the brave compliment and uh, I'm enjoying there was a little snow flurry earlier today and that was kind of nice to see out my window. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh so would you call snow flurries magical? I would call them magical, yes. All right. I guess so. Uh, we we do have uh, a guest today and hopefully a magical guest. We have Rob from Malkier Talks. Rob, thanks for joining us. Hey, how's it going? I uh, don't think I would classify a visit for me as magical. Well, I would. <laughs> Generally speaking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean and, and we are we are um recording at a different time than we normally do. Mm. So I think, you know, there there is, you know, a cross-continental, you know, recording that we're doing which is our first that we're doing, right? Yeah. yeah so there, there there's you know there's magic in the air, I think. But um okay. thank you so much for 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 joining us. Um uh, uh, I'm looking forward to this. How how are you feeling about uh, being on the Lights Work? Uh well as I said there was a there was a tweet earlier this week and I was like as a confessed black Asia member to be on the Lights Work podcast uh it's uh, brave is the appropriate word to use but no I'm feeling good That's good that's good no we uh, we have a lot of fun things planned but what we usually start with is you know and I don't think I know this I'm, I I've been looking forward to asking you this What is your um Wheel of Time origin story, you know? When did you and how did you pick up Die of the World? What was the journey like for you? Well, way back in the ye young years of lore, no, I'm making shit up now. Um <laughs> No, I was about 15 uh when I first picked up Eye of the World. I read much more back then when I than I do now. Uh, but I still like to read. I just don't do it anywhere near as much as I I used to. Um but I was reading a lot of like standalone books back then. And it sounds weird to say, but I was fed up of single book stories or stories that were over in two books. Um I wanted something bigger. So I was trawling my local Waterstones and looking around the fantasy section because that was my go-to. And there is I don't know how many books are out when I was 15. This is 2000-ish. So, how many were out? Six or seven, seven books, I think sounds about right. And uh, I was like, "Oh, okay. There's seven books in this series. This is something, you know, that requires a bit of commitment." Uh, so I picked up the Eye of the World. I read the back. I was like, "That sounds interesting." And I just bought it. I went home. And I I don't know. Like two weeks later, probably less, I was back buying the next book. And it just kind of went from there. So, I I don't know if you say I actually had to wait for the books that are in the quote slog that I don't believe is a real thing, but I feel like maybe I did a little bit. Um I don't know, maybe I'm too late to to fit into that category. Um but yeah, that's how I started with all the time. I just I needed a bigger series to commit to. I was fed up of single story books and uh 
that's where I ended up. Did you read fantasy at all? I mean, were these fantasy standalone books that you were reading? Uh, yes, uh, mostly. I can't remember all of them now, to be honest. Um, what was like I a favorite didn't... from back then? I don't know. I just I just read a mix of things. Nothing really stands out. I just I, I read a lot of different books, um, but they were always single book stories, you know. And aside from reading The Hobbit and failing to read Lord of the Rings, it took me until I was. I think I was in my 30s when I actually managed to read all of Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah. I always I tried twice previously and I failed when it came to the second book or third book, if you want to get technical, because there's six. Um, but yeah, they were all aside from those. They were all just much, much more stories or the books were a lot smaller. Like there were a few hundred pages as opposed yeah. to, you know, the eight, nine thousand page books that we're used to in high fantasy. So this was you know something that was going. I was like, I'm spending 15 pounds, 12 pounds, 20 pounds on a book. And I'm a week later, I'm done a few days later, done two days later, I'm done. I was like, I need, if I'm going to spend money, because I didn't have a lot of money, um, if I'm going to spend valuable money on, on books, I want them to last me a little longer than two days. So that was uh, the thickness and length and number of stories was the Wheel of Time's biggest selling point to me originally. Everyone likes a thick book, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're yeah. the first person to say that you found it on your own. I don't everybody else had it either like given to them or recommended to them or I don't I don't know that anyone else actually just found it and picked it up that we've talked to so far yeah no I, I yeah. did I just I'm walked in the think. bookstore and yeah I, I'm trying to think back in your episodes that I've listened to now and uh yeah um maybe Matt I mean Matt said no, he, the he was there the librarian did tell him yeah. this is for you but yeah yeah you're right yeah yep. no you're right yeah no that's I'm trying to think. Did you have other people around you who were reading while you were reading? So did, was there a a fandom or people around you that you read with until you finished the books? Um, or was it just you reading along? And or did you look go online? I didn't find another Wheel of Time fan to talk to, bar horrible Facebook groups in the much later stories, um, until, gosh, when did I actually meet someone else who'd read the books? Uh, prior to Jordan Khan and um, obviously everything going online with COVID, I had met two. I can't remember the first one. It was quite a few years ago. I think they were in when I lived in New Zealand. Uh, but more recently than that, it was 2019, a guy who worked at the steakhouse I worked at. And he told me he'd read Wheel of Time and then described Way of Kings to me instead. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Brandon Sanderson. He's like, yeah, because yeah, he wrote those books. I said, but mm. the last ones, yes. And I was like, you're describing. No, actually, I think it was Mistborn he was describing to me. Mm. And I was like, that's Mistborn. It isn't like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Wheel of Time. I said, mm, it's really not. Um, so, yeah. There, there's always and, another and, wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Until COVID, uh, I basically went my entire Wheel of Time reading career without meeting another fan and just had those toxic Facebook I was often two of them I think and they were just yeah they were never very good yeah. I'm glad I left them prior to the show coming out to be honest yeah so you mentioned COVID and I know that was pretty much when you sort of fell into the fandom and you started doing content can you maybe talk a little bit about that and how that started for you yeah so I was living alone um 
just me doing nothing. And then JordanCon went online. Uh, I'd known about JordanCon for about, mm, I want to say three years, four years at that stage. But it falls um, pretty much on my birthday every year. And at that stage, I was doing like a, it accidentally fell into a tradition of doing pub crawls for my birthday with my friends in London. So I was like prioritizing hanging with them as opposed to taking a trip to America to a convention having never, ever been to a convention. Um, but Jordan Conway online, obviously we couldn't do the pub crawl. And I was like, I can watch. And the very first thing I ever watched where I discovered other Wheel of Time fans was the panel. Uh, Matt Hatch was on it. Obviously, I think there was Jennifer, a um, couple other people from Jordan Con, and then Rafe, like, Zoom bombed. And that was mm-hmm. my first experience. Um, and then that led me to watch Dusty Wheel. Then I found... I think I found Lauren next. They are Lauren, as you mentioned on this week's episode, by the way, um, from Unraveling the Pattern, if you're not familiar, folks. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's our staple. Lauren. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see? Hey. <laughs> um, and it just got away from that. And then I found Twitter of Time. And I think I'd, I did have a Twitter account, like, from three or four years previously. Uh, for some reason, I decided to start one. Um, but I found Twitter of Time. And then someone told me about Discord because everyone was, Matt Hatcher was talking about Discord, other people were talking about Discord. I'm like, what is this thing? I found Discord. And then, I don't know. It, I initially thought about narrating audiobooks. I don't know why that was the first thing I thought of. Um, but I was listening to Michael and Kate. I had been listening to them anyway. And I was like, how do you become an audible book narrator? Like, how is that a thing? So I Googled how you do that, and it said, you know, one of the good things to do is to start a podcast. I was like, oh, okay. So I'm already doing, I'm just goofing around with a Wheel of Time account. I'd entered the Black Towers Name the Fandom competition. Um, made a video for that. And then I made the podcast, uh, which was very, very rough initially. <laughs> made some fun, fun learning curves with that. Um, and then it kind of just went from there. That's how I got the name Malky Talk. So originally I was just Malkiri Rob on Twitter. So anyone who knows me from the, my OG days knows that. And then I was like, what do I call the podcast? And so Malky Talks came from that. And then I just named everything that because I liked it. Um, and then I started cooking and then I started making other videos and it's progressed to something far more than that these days um but yeah that's how i got into making content because i saw people talking about it and i was like i've spent like 20 years being unable to talk to anyone about these books so i'm gonna talk to loads of people and it seemed the easiest way to do that was to make videos and podcasts and things of that nature why Malkier? was that like something that you knew you had to do or just that became something so this this will sound bad but it was because of the Black Tower podcast name the fandom thing. Um, there were a few items. There was like wheelies. There was Dragon Sworn. There was all sorts going around. And I was like, no, we need to be something majestic and something meaningful and, you know, um, so on and so forth. And I'd always liked Lan as a character. Um, he was, you know, always one of my favorite. He's not my actual favorite, but he is one of my favorites. Uh, and I thought Malkiri would be a great name for the fandom. So I was pushing that i suppose you could say um and uh that's why i picked picked that i made it my twitter handle and then um 
and then yeah the name of the podcast and and name of everything now cool who who is your favorite character actually maybe grace who is rob's favorite character uh that would be perrin cool nice did i pass i passed the test you passed yes that is (laughs) correct um so you talked about starting to do all these different things you did podcasts you did um cooking you did narrations now you do live streams you do reaction videos uh shipping specials you do threefold talk um you do reviews of other things not wheel of time related so you do so many things do you have a favorite thing that you do do you have like your true passion like the thing that if you were just doing it all day long you would be totally into it and you'd be satisfied oh wow um i love everything i do really uh something all day every day feasibly that would be doing narrations i really enjoy that i i love doing a narration i used to do the narration of fine music to fit it moved over the time that i did it to picking a scene i wanted to do finding music and then narrating it to the music because then my timing would work with the music better um i would also feel it more so the last one i did uh of lan riding towards um you know riding i don't want to give anyway land riding (laughs) one of those moments (laughs) on a horse (laughs) um i don't because there's lots of spoilers at that so i don't Mm -hmm. want to give it away um yeah i and I changed the way that that scene, not how it was written, obviously, but the way I narrated it. I narrated it as, as if it was written a little differently uh, because it suited the music better. And it's actually the piece that is my favorite narration that I've done. Um, but I I think if I didn't do threefold talk every week, I might be very sad, to be honest. I really, really enjoy that. Although the current week, just recently, they just punked me all show long. And I was like, what is going on? You loved it. You loved it. Don't lie. <laughs> mostly. Mostly. <laughs> I think going back to all the things you do, uh, as long as you're having fun doing all these things, it, you know, that's I think that's what's important. But I, I was going to I'm glad you answered that question because I was going to press and be like, really, like, what is that one passion? And I I do like your narrations. Um, so um, I'll look forward to when you, you know do do those again or you know coincidentally i do have one that i've done and i haven't made the video for okay uh that is a suggestion from grace actually mm-hmm. and i might have a sneak peek recording of it maybe maybe i um hmm. I, i'm gonna try to guess not now later what, what this scene might be okay that's good there's something in the pipeline that is there, that there is, is yes that, that's I, good. I, I definitely need to do that i can't believe i still haven't what, what was this like four five six months ago or something you asked for this grace mm, maybe four i'm not sure but yeah. yeah it was a while ago but you know we're talking about the fandom and you know all the things that you've done when did you realize that you know this fandom was special that you know this is something you you know you, you you're doing all these things that you do want to do all these things with these people I don't think if there were, I, I don't think there was a moment. I don't think I sat there suddenly and was like, wow, I should do more or this fandom's like really, I don't think there was a singular moment when that happened. I think it just built over time. And then suddenly I was just like, well, of course, it's always been like that. 
So you're also a big Marvel fan. You're not just a Wheel of Time fan, but you have other interests. And uh, you've seen all the movies, I'm sure, probably some mm-hmm. of them multiple times. You've cosplayed as Captain America, and you have. have a Captain America shield in your home. Uh, I do. So could you tell us a little bit about how Marvel fandom is different for you than the Wheel of Time fandom? Uh, Marvel fandom is different for me in the situation that... I go and watch Marvel movies. I maybe once in a blue moon watch a video about a Marvel movie. And I really do maybe once in a blue moon. And I don't try and track down anyone to talk about it. Although my friends that live down in London were all Marvel fans. So we would go to the movies together and talk about them together. Because we would just go for a drink or catch up because a lot of us worked together at certain points. So we would see each other semi-frequently, especially when I lived down in London. And it would just come up in conversation sometimes. A movie was coming out or someone had finally seen something. and So I would only talk about it with my friends there. I don't seek out the fandom for Marvel. I don't seek out the videos to watch them. I just like the movies. Um, yeah. So it's it's the other end of the spectrum where I watch and I don't need to engage with anyone about it. But if someone brought it up, I'd happily have a conversation and be like, I think this or that or, you know, this will happen like this. Um, so it's very much a different experience. But one I do enjoy, even though it's so far less involved. Yeah, and I could say the same thing about a lot of the other fandoms that I, you know, I like uh, Marvel too. I've seen all the movies, all the shows. I very recently went and saw all the movies again in preparation for, I think, Endgame or something. But I, like, you're right. I, I don't, I rarely watch any other content about it. And I don't think I've ever talked to anyone about it other than, you know, oh, did you see this? And that was cool. And that's about it. And, you know, getting a yeah. reaction or something. And that's about it. Not being like, hey, wait, what if... Thanos did this and that happened did you like you know theories and all that stuff that we yeah that we do that we do for Wheel of Time yeah there is a lot of people have spoken about this and I think it comes back to a very long journey for a lot of people a lot of you know fans spend years with these books it's not true for everyone but you know for a lot of people it it, it was a a very long um, relationship with these books and I think that speaks to growth that happens and connections you make and things like that and I think that's where finding all these people and just you know having a community like that is it's really cool yeah I would have to agree with that um, I think there's something very different though with the medium of books and, and probably points to what yeah. you're saying like the length of time but even with the TV show for Wheel of Time it's fun to speculate about future seasons, but once you have it, there's nothing to speculate on anymore. For some reason, it feels like. Whereas with the books, there's so much off-page. In the TV show, it's almost like there's nothing off-page. I don't know if that... For me, anyway, it just... You know, you watch it and be like, okay, well, this might mean this for the next season that we haven't seen. But once you see it, you're like, okay, well, that wasn't the case. So, like, all these avenues are suddenly cut off because this is where we ended up. But for some reason, reading the books, you can be like, well, here's a million things. 
And because it's a book and you're imagining it rather than someone displaying it on screen for you, you can imagine different things happening for some reason. So I, th I think that's another reason that I don't chase anything for Marvel, but, you know, I'm quite happy to make a crazy video about Wheel of Time or crazy things that the Twitter of Chaos is posting. And I'm like, is it this? <laughs> As I did do a couple of days ago. Yeah. So speaking of tweeting, another thing that you do that we haven't talked about yet is your Tam jokes. So you, <laughs> <laughs> you started doing those, I think, back even when you were still Malkiri Rob. Um, so maybe just tell us a little bit about why. Like, have you always loved puns or was this sort of a thing you were inspired by by Wheel of Time? Like, how did that come to be? I am a huge sucker for a bad joke. I don't know why. I love dad jokes. I love bad jokes, corny jokes, cheesy jokes. I mean, I've got like 10 jokes about cheese, for Christ's sake. And they're terrible, but they're great at the same time. And so one day, it just, a, a joke occurred to me um, uh, that was Wheel of Time based. And it just, I was like, that's hilarious. I should tweet that. You know, I don't know what to tweet on Twitter. I'm not good with social media. I'll tweet that. So I, I made a joke and I was like, but I don't want to call it dad jokes. Although I did originally um, put the hashtag dad jokes in there. I used like five hashtags originally. Now I barely put one. Um, <laughs> but I put dad jokes so people understood that that's what it was meant to be. And then I put, well, who's the, you know, who's the Wheel of Time dad? If someone in Wheel of Time told dad jokes, who would it be? And I was like, it has to be Tam. So I called them Tam jokes. Um, but I put both hashtags so people could, you know, because I was like, if I put Tam jokes, maybe people won't understand that I mean dad jokes. So I put dad jokes as well as a hashtag. Um, and it was funny to me. And a few people liked it. So then a few more occurred to me. And so I would tweet them out. And then I realized I've done this almost every day for like a week or two. So I'll keep doing it. Uh, but I did that for, oh my God, a long time. And I, I pressured myself sometimes to come up with jokes um, so that I could tweet one out every day because people started to be like, I love seeing these jokes all the time. Uh, and then I started to make, I was like, I've done so many jokes now. I should do, I should, I should have a competition to see which is the best joke. <laughs> so I did a joke bracket. No idea how that works on Twitter. Didn't do polls before this. I was like, how do I do these jokes? I don't know what's going on. And then I, yeah, I, did I, I can't remember if I just took pictures of every joke and then put that in there. I can't remember how I did it the first time, um, but I made a joke book out of it. And then the second time I did it, I turned those jokes, and I put artwork behind them. So it wasn't just like screen grabs from Twitter. And that's when I discovered the joy of trying to write alt text for everything and then not writing yourself a word file with the alt text in and having to rewrite it all the second round. Um, <laughs> I like to learn things the hard way. Um, so I've done three of those, but then because I started to do other content, it was harder to sit down and think, well, I need to make some more jokes and build them in my draft file. Uh, so I now do jokes sporadically, um, even though I keep meaning to try and get back into doing it regularly. Uh, but the the hashtag, it didn't take off, but like it's now a thing people call a joke based on Wheel of Time, a Tam joke. Um, I no longer use the, the dad jokes hashtag when I tweet a joke. Um, I get tagged in jokes and people are like, hey, Rob, like this is a Tam joke. You should like this. Something of that nature. Um, so I just, uh, just, I love bad jokes. I really do love them. Didn't the Wheel of Time 
use the hashtag Tam Jokes hashtag once? They did one yeah. time, yes. And uh, I immediately <laughs> immediately sent them a message, but like, you used the hashtag, that's so cool. I had a little fanboy moment about that. Um, and they were like, well, sure. we weren't sure if we could, because a couple of times they'd made jokes. I'm like, you missed calling it a Tam joke. And then they said, well, we weren't sure if, you know, we felt bad appropriating your hashtag. And I was really? like, no, it's, that was like, it's there, use it, everyone. I, I just, I love bad jokes. If it's going to be a Wheel of Time joke, it should be called a Tam joke instead of a dad joke. That's, it, use it. And it happens. And uh, people, I occasionally see, you know, people tweeting out jokes and using the, the hashtag Tam jokes. And uh, yeah, it makes me smile. So, I mean, the Tam jokes thing, ha you know, you started before the show came out, but isn't there a moment in like the first episode when Tam goes into the Wine Spring Inn and like, it's not really a joke, but he laughs when he like is talking to Bran and mm -hmm. it's kind of like a Tam joke. It and is. I've always now associated it with that moment more than a dad joke because it's just like Tam says something and it's not funny, but the way he laughs it makes it sound like he's saying something funny. I think the moment you're referring to is with like the Coplins and the Congas. Yeah, they were like, we're worried there wouldn't be anything to drink. And he's like, well, we don't want them to remember anything, do we? Um, <laughs> or something of that nature. I can't remember yeah, exactly. yeah. And there we go. You're laughing. So. <laughs> no, no. But I, I mean, the fact that, you know, that's what I remember now is Michael McLeodden as Tam Thor. And that's the Tam joke. You know, yeah. that's he's done it. And Tam has actually done a Tam joke. Exactly. That was like in the first episode. And I think aside from Barney Harris being like, that's not how road works. Um, road works. That's not how roads work. Um, aside from that, I feel like that's kind of like almost the only joke, really, or funny-ish. I'm sure there were a couple of us I can't think of right now, but... I think Barney had, you know, Matt had a few, um, yeah, you know, the one... And then Rand with the, you know... Um, I could do better. Oh, know. yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, I think there, there are some, I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one, it was in the first episodes and yeah, it came from, it came from Tam. Cool, cool. Uh, so it's interesting you say that you're not good at Twitter. Uh, one of my favorite things about Twitter is when people write really long emotional threads about stuff. And you actually did that recently. You wrote a thread about your experience at Jordan Con last year and how it inspired you to start your own convention. Um, and I thought it was a very lovely thread. And um, maybe you could just speak to that a little bit about what made you finally stop celebrating your birthday with your friends and come all the way to another country for a convention with a bunch of people you didn't really know. Um, well, in regards to the going to Jordan Con instead of celebrating with my friends, I... After I joined the fandom, I suppose you could say, and I started tweeting and making videos and podcasts and all the other things, I then felt like I started to get to know people. I made a Discord server, I chatted to people, I made friends on podcasts. I mean, literally the reason Shelly and I are friends is because I saw her discussing in a server while I was also chatting, she was discussing something about pacifism and you know, some, a set of characters. And I was like, that's really interesting. Would you like to make a recording about that? Um, and she said, mm, maybe not, but I have an idea about this instead. And we did a podcast about that. I would say three months later. Um, and then a year later, almost to the day, we actually did do the pacifism recording as well. Um, but Shelly and I have been friends ever since. So I started to get to know people during lockdown because we were all just sat around 
on the vast majority of people. Obviously, there were certain people that were required to go to work because they were required services. Uh, you know, we appreciate that. Um, but I met people, so to speak, and then tickets were on sale for the following year very quickly. And I said, well, I'm going to go in the hopes that COVID would be over. And obviously that was not the case. And even when they moved it to another date, I could still not attend because America wasn't letting anybody in. But Jordan couldn't let me roll it over until 22. I said, well, I've bought this ticket. So I've kind of committed to going. And at this stage, things were much further along with content and threefold talk was a thing and so on and so forth. Um, and yeah, like I couldn't do the pub crawl still because it just we were so unsure about whether we could have it or not with restrictions and pubs and things like that um that i was like let's skip it and do it later in the year and then we still didn't do it and hopefully we're going to do it this year but who knows <laughs> but yeah i just i bought the ticket on the whim hoping that covid would be better by the following april it didn't and then the following april after that i knew too many people to not take advantage of the ticket and i wanted to to meet these people in person yeah, no, I mean, I, I think uh, at least I can speak for myself and I think it's probably true for you. There, It is a, a yes, you were part of the fandom, you were doing a lot of things, but meeting in a convention like that is pretty transformative uh, for many reasons. But uh, I, I think that, you know, in terms of just going to a place specifically for that reason, I think it's pretty cool. And, um, uh, you know, you're coming back this year. So that's I am. that's that that's awesome, and um, you know it's it's going to be a lot of fun to to continue to do those things. But you you know as Grace mentioned, you did start your own convention in the UK. So you started Malkyricon and had the first um, convention back in September. You know, tell us about that. You know, uh, what is it like to run your own convention? I I don't know. That's <laughs> It didn't start because I wanted to have my own convention. It started because I wanted to celebrate one year of doing my content online. And I was like, this is when I consider I started. I'm going to have a big party uh, online. I did. I streamed for, I think, a three-hour slot. We stopped to do a quiz on Discord, and then I'd stream for like another six hours after that. It was something crazy. Um, and I called it MalkyrieCon because, you know, it's it was an online convention for my channel <laughs> sounds really selfish <laughs> but i had loads of friends on for like an hour an hour and a half at the time and you know we just we just goofed around and did different things the shipping happened stuff like that and i joked at the time and i think i was drunk doing it to be honest but i said next year it'll be in person uh because there there's no convention in europe there's no convention in the uk um i think there's something in australia um that's very low-key maybe for a short while. I know there had been an attempt to have one in the UK uh, pre-COVID. This is really when I discovered how bad the Facebook groups are. Um, so it must have been about 2016, 2017, maybe 2017. Uh, I was living, I was in Manchester, so somewhere around that time. Someone put in the Facebook groups, I'm starting convention. People were wild about it. People were engaged. You know, they were advertising for positions. They were expecting hundreds of people to turn up at least. 
um, you know, people were donating huge prizes for like a, you know, a, a charity auction and stuff like that. Um, I actually applied for a position with it. Obviously, it's all volunteer stuff. It wasn't getting paid. And um, then I never heard anything about it. The guy was really interested. Yeah, great, great, great. And then it just all disappeared. And then later on, I don't know, obviously this is all in Facebook groups, so I don't know how accurate any of it is, but apparently he ran off of everything. Um, <laughs> I know, right? So um, there was nothing. And I drunkenly said, it should be in person. There isn't one here. I'm going to do it. And I felt I needed to back that up. Uh, something I think the two of you, not necessarily the drinking part, because I know you don't drink on us, but the you've said it, so you have to do it thing. I know that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a commitment the two of you make. I felt the same commitment back then. And luckily, I talked my best friend, Kayla, into helping me. And that was probably the wisest thing I've ever done in my life when it comes to trying to back up anything I've said drunkenly, uh, because we pulled it off. And a lot of that goes to Kayla realizing that I'm useless at organizing things and doing it. <laughs> I'm, I'm the talent out front. There's no talent in the background. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I decided we would do it. Um, and yeah, we just... I did a fundraiser for it. People went nuts for that. And then I sold tickets and advertised for people to do panels. And we just put it together and people had a great time. And we're just about to have our first full committee meeting. We've had the committee members since. Um, originally, it was me, Kayla, uh, Laura. Anna came on to help us uh, with things... And then um, Kayla's cousin, Katie, uh, who was visiting at the time, got roped into being Kayla's number one, uh, to use a Star Trek term. And she will come back. Is she going to come back this year? I think she is going to come back this year. Yeah, uh, she'll come back this year and, and, and help all over again. But we've added some people since. Um, and yeah, we're going to try and make it bigger and better this year. I'm hoping for... A lot more um, this year in terms of people attending than last year, but we'll, we're we're doing well so far on ticket sales. Uh, we'll, we'll see how we go. We have plenty of time left. There's like five and a half months until the convention, so a lot of time still. So I know you haven't had your first official meeting yet, but is there anything you can tell us about MalkiriCon 2023? Any like sneak peeks or teasers for us? Any sneak peeks or teasers? Well. There is uh, a game I'm working on, which I think is a hilarious game. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to have that. I don't want to, I don't want to copy any other con. Obviously, there's certain things that every con does. Um, and because we're a smaller con, we're not necessarily going to have multiple rooms and multiple events running at the same time. So, yeah, no, it's really cool that, you know, Mercury Con, the first time around was a success. How many people ended up, uh, what was the official... Um, in-person number? Uh, I think the official in-person number was like 52, if you include the, all the committee members that were there as well. Uh, and then we had like 27 digital attendees. 20, nice. uh, somewhere in the mid-20s. We had people come from, so I'm going to throw some numbers out. Uh, and I need like an academic out almost, I think. Um, yeah. We had some really amazing things happen. So Grace, you can wear it. Grace, you want Grace, me to wear yeah. it? Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll wear it yeah. on you your can, behalf. 
Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so we had people come from seven different countries. Um, I think that's right. Seven different countries um, they attended. So we had people come, obviously, from America, because Grace was there. Uh, we had people come from England, Ireland, or sorry, the UK, Ireland. Uh, we had people come from Germany. Uh, I had people come from Norway, Switzerland, Finland. Uh, we had uh, someone come from Israel. We had someone come from South Africa. Um, and I'm sure there was another country I've missed in there. Portugal, I think. Sp Portugal. Yeah, mm -hmm. someone came from Portugal as well. So that might be more. There might be like eight or something, um, which kind of blew my mind uh, that we had so many different people from so many countries coming. Um, and then it was just, yeah, just people absolutely just had such a great time the amount of people there who had never been to any type of convention whatsoever was mad um absolutely insane and then there were a reasonable number of people then that surprised me who had gone to jordan con and then come to malkyrie con um or you know it had at least been to another convention of some type i think i asked as well um and they still they all said they had a great time you know, even though it was a tiny con compared to, you know, some of the others that have hundreds or thousands of people attending. They all, they all said they had such a great time and everybody wanted to come back this year. So um, the fact that we had like eight different countries attend and people had such a great time, it kind of blew my mind. Yeah, there's already been a lot of discussion and excitement in the channel in your Discord server, the MelkyriCon channel. And it's farther away than JordanCon, but I feel like there's actually more activity there than in the JordanCon channel. And I think it's just really special. Having been there, I feel like the fact that it was a tiny con was really lovely. And it felt very cozy. It felt very intimate. And I feel like I got to know people a little bit better than I did at some of the bigger cons. Um, and it was just its own thing. So I think you definitely succeeded in not doing it like anybody else because it had its own feel. It had different panels, different ideas, um, different levels of involvement of people that were there. And there were amazing espresso machines. And <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I highly recommend it to anyone listening who hasn't um, considered going to MelkyrieCon, uh, think about it. And if they want to go, where can they find tickets? Uh, so you can go to my website, uh, but specifically if you want to go straight to the ticket section, uh, it's malkyrtalks.com slash, re slash registration. Um, that's where you can go to specifically get your tickets. And I'm going to have a fun game. I don't know if you call it a game, but a fun thing at JordanCon. I'm going to have uh, MalkyrieCon ribbons to give away Ooh. at JordanCon. Uh, I am also going to have uh, badges from last year. Um, we were late to the table with badges, totally my fault. Um, and so our badges are different to other cons badges because they're smaller and they're not made of plastic. <laughs> <laughs> but they have the gorgeous artwork on. Um, so I'm going to do two things. You can have, the, I have a limited number of them. I'm going to sign the badges uh, in a in a silver marker pen for anyone at JordanCon who has bought a physical ticket to MalkyrieCon. Uh, that's specific to that. And then if I run out of those, you can have the ribbon. Um, or alternatively, if you've just bought a digital ticket, you can then get a ribbon. But if you haven't got any form of ticket whatsoever to MalkyrieCon, you will not be able to get a MalkyrieCon mm. ribbon at JordanCon. This is genius because people really want those ribbons. I missed like, I missed the game because I was like... People are obsessed with the ribbons. <laughs> 
I want to win People this are game. Obsessed with I'll, figure, yeah. I'll figure it out. I'll figure out how to win. Do, yeah. Do, so I, I, I missed. I missed like the. That's okay. You don't have to. You don't have to repeat yourself. I'll, I'll figure it out. Uh, okay. how, how to get a ribbon? <laughs> it's very easy. So, yeah. I know. It's I, I, it's, very it's, easy. Yeah. But I thought there was like some things you need to qualify for. But I'll try to qualify for them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. No. Just uh, it, you can head to the website. There's the forums are on there. Um, all the information's on there. And if you're on Discord um, and you're in my server, then just there's a MercuryCon channel where you can go and ask any question um, that you want. If you can't see it on the website or don't prefer to go to the website, want to ask people who actually went. Cool, cool. I mean, so many cool things, right? In the last year, so you did, you know, you you, you went to JordanCon, you went to WantCon, you, you you did your, you know, you made your own convention. Um, but the year before that, uh, another cool thing that you did and got to do was you were invited to the London premiere of um, the Wheel of Time on Prime show, and you know, were part of that. Um, what was that experience like? And you know, being um, invited to something like that and being part of that. That was amazing. Um, I want to start by saying going to that actually delayed me meeting Kitsunagani and Agenor um, over in Sweden and Andrew, who I still have not met in person, uh, because I had tickets to go see it at the Sweden Film Festival where it was coming out, uh, I don't know, like a week prior or something like that. They were going to preview an episode or something um, of that nature. So I'd bought last minute tickets, where it was going, uh, Uno, Agenor, um, Andrew, they were all going. And then I had the, uh, they weren't the Twitter of Chaos, whoever the Twitter of He who tweets managed. with the dawn? He, there we go. He who tweets with the dawn reached out to me and said, uh, can we have your email? Someone would like, we need to email you something. I was like, okay. Uh, it was a very pleasant message, so I wasn't concerned. But at the time, people wait, were getting... Wait, you were like, okay, that's it. Wait, yeah, are, you, like, you, okay. are you in trouble? No. <laughs> no, no, no. But you never, like, <laughs> you know, it was a nice message. So I didn't think they're going to send me like a cease and desist letter or anything stupid like that. I mean, I didn't think yeah. I was doing anything that warranted it. But you <laughs> yeah, never yeah. know. You never know. Um, but it was a nice... Rob, I've never thought of that. That's interesting. <laughs> I, I would, like, my first... I mean, not that I'm ever going to get, you know, anything from them, but, you know, like if something came from the that person i'd be like ah you know like not okay <laughs> yeah no no but i was I just like oh okay yeah. here you go i was like yeah of course you can absolutely have my email here we go this is my email you address can, you can write me anytime you can call me this is my phone number this is my address <laughs> <laughs> you want to hang out come around for a cup of tea i'll get drunk and steal all your secrets um, <laughs> But no, so I um, I replied, so absolutely, here's my email address. And then someone from Amazon reached out. And at the time, people were being invited to host fan screenings. Mm -hmm. So I was very excited at that idea because I, I thought, oh, my God, they're going to have a fan screening in Manchester because they've announced like eight of them in America at this stage. And I knew the premiere was in London. So I was like, why would they not have fan screenings in the UK? Makes total sense. And then they emailed me and said, we would like to invite you to actually be a guest at the actual premiere. And I think that was that was absolutely the last thing that could ever possibly have crossed my mind. I thought it's going to be a fan screening or it's going to be something, maybe they're going to give me an advanced copy, like a screener of the, the episodes or something. I was like, yeah. I was thinking those sorts of levels of things. Um, and my mind just kind of just went and exploded. Um, I was at work at the time. <laughs> And I, 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 at my old job, and I just sort of stopped and I think, who was I working? I think I was working with Meg or something. And I just went, I have just 
is this a real email? You know, and I just sort of turned my phone to her and it's like, and she's like, that looks real. Wow. You know, I was like, I'm supposed to be going to Sweden and they want me to go to London instead. Oh man. Oh my. And then, and then it kind of kicked in. Um, and I yeah. think my boss walked in about half hour later and I was like, so you know, I've got time booked off like next week uh, to go to Sweden. He's like, yeah, well, I need to change it. And uh, I turned my phone to show him the email. The very first thing he said to me was, you've replied and said yes, right? He didn't think of anything else whatsoever. He's like, reply right now and say yes, you'll be there. And he's like, right, let's take the rotors. And he immediately was like just changing things so that I could go to London instead. Um, that was a lot of fun. I came home. I told Kayla, I think I sent her a message. I came home and told Kayla. I was like, you coming with? And, you know, I think she turned to me at the time and was like, are you sure you want me to go with? And I was like you do so much to support me i'm absolutely taking you to the world premiere and we are walking the red carpet this is this is happening it's the thing so we went uh i went the day before last minute because uh not last minute but like it was a last minute decision really to go the day before because like matt and neighbors and you know other people are going to be there and i was like oh my god this is you know i get to actually meet them uh so uh yeah i went down a rush to had train issues getting hotel issues like because i went to the wrong hotel because there's like 500 of this brand of hotel in london and i just typed in the wrong one i went to the wrong one and it was yeah so i was like getting everything but it was it was a lot of fun seeing them um and then you know i just i hadn't been to london a long time so i just you know went around london that night and just you know was kind of amazed like i'm in london to see the world premiere like this is crazy and then kayla came down the next day and we went to the premiere um and it was it was kind of wild we just got to walk the blue carpet as it was um i saw daniel henny being interviewed i passed within what like three feet of the guy didn't something like that wasn't it yeah kayla's nodding at me right now um like three feet of the guy and i was like that's daniel henny that's daniel henny oh my god lands right there <laughs> you know very very quietly obviously I saw Matt Hatch. He wasn't interviewing anyone at that stage. I waved to Taylor. Taylor waved to me. Never seen Taylor in my life. You know, he'd seen me on a screen. I'd seen him on the screen. But, you know, it's like, hi. And then I didn't realize, but that was in the middle of the live stream. Matt's yeah. like, oh, is that Rob? Oh, you know, and I'd walked on. <laughs> you know, I'd already gone. I was like, that's it. He's interviewing. He's working. It's fine. Um, and I got in there. I knew there were some other folks from Tutorial Time who live in the UK who had been invited the same way I had. Um, so I kind of kept an eye out for them. Uh, obviously everything was all you know you got tickets for specific seat numbers and stuff like that but we got upstairs and there's like you know drinks floating around and there was these interactive booths where you could pretend to be weaving the one power and things uh and it was pretty cool you know we'd seen a few of the stars on the carpet there was uh you know a few there wasn't any like people floating around that sort of lobby space type thing but there was some like I want to say lower key people. I was like, oh, I feel like I recognize that person over there, so on and so forth. And then we went into the IMAX screen and found our seats. Uh, and all there was like eight of us, maybe 10 of us from Twitter of Time. And we were sat there in one row. And um, it was kind of, I want to say about a third of the way out from the front, um, like on the edge of the center seats. But, you know, they were pretty good considering, uh, you know, we were just guests there. And obviously there were many people from the show and Amazon executives and all those sorts of things. But yeah, we sat down and then we were just looking around because like, like 
you know, we know Rosamond's here, we know Daniel's here, we, we've seen Marcus, we've seen Zoe, we've seen, you know, uh, Maddie, we've seen, you know, everyone is around there. They're playing the main Amazon feed for all the blue carpet stuff on the IMAX. So we're seeing what's happening outside live as we're sitting there waiting for everyone to come in. So we know they're around. Like, who else is around? Is Sarah Nakamura here? Is Wraith here? You know, so on and so forth. And Wraith's obviously on the carpet instead. Um, and then I look up the back behind me and Juliet Howland was stood up there. And she told me, I'd already said to her, like, are you going to be there? She's like, I can't really say. And I was like, well, I'm just asking because I'm going to be there. I've been invited. And she's like, oh, we absolutely, if I don't see you, come to me and say hi if you see me before I see you type thing. And I saw her coming back down. I was like, oh, hi, Juliet. You know, and she'd actually stopped at our row because she was sitting in our row. And I didn't realize. Um, and she sat like two seats away from me. Um, and everyone's got up and she's coming in. I was like, oh, hi. And she's like, oh, Rob. Um, and then Kayla said something that I still remember to this day. I still remember how I felt when that happened. Because she she sort of scooted along with, with her boyfriend and, um, you know, said hi and we talked and all that sort of thing. And then she spoke to the person next to me because she had said something that they were like, oh, my God, this is, you know, whatever it was. It was, a, a you know, the conversation just flowed. And then I turned to Kayla and I was like, I can't believe she's sitting next to us. And then Kayla turned to me, and I still remember this moment, and I'll probably remember it forever, uh, because she turned around to me and said, Rob, you didn't introduce yourself. And at first I was like, oh, no, I didn't. How rude of me. And then I got Kayla's point. All I did was wave and say, hi, Juliet. She recognized me. And then it twigged. She knows what I look like and sound like, which means she watches my stuff. And my mind just, I, I don't think I could process that very well. <laughs> you know, if, if, you're, if you've ever had that moment, your mind suddenly is like your car is stalled and you just stop and you're, and you're like, you can't start it up for a moment. My brain just did that. It was like it just dropped out of gear and did nothing. And it took a second to get it going again when I realized that. And it kind of blew my mind because we joke that people watch our stuff. You know, everyone jokes, you know, like Daniel, Henny, Rafe, you know, we know you're watching. So do this. We Many people say those sorts of things. So, but to so have... Daniel, Henny, and Rafe, you're, you're listening, you know. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so to, to have kind of just physical proof of someone doing that, you know, kind of just blew my mind. Um, and then we sat down and they showed the two episodes and then there was a small interview at the front, um, which was very funny because Marcus, the Amazon executive, misread the notes. Marcus, they were all lined up on the stairs to come in as they were being introduced. They gone out the back and come back around or something um and marcus came up because he was supposed to be introduced next to like third intro or something like that and then the amazon executive said the next person likes so he's like oh okay so we sort of scooted back and let them slide past him happened like three or four times until she realized she just missed him in the line on the card and he was actually supposed to come up when he was in the queue um it was very very funny because like four times it was just like not marcus it's zoe or it's maddie or it's you know someone else and then eventually she's like oh it should have been marcus all along back there i'm really sorry but so marcus you know and, and it, it was a it was a, a very funny thing um and uh, yeah then they were interviewed and talked about the process um rafe was there with a couple of writers as well and uh then it ended we all got ushered outside um i met julia again uh and there was like a few people floating around, uh, bumped into Matt, uh, and then was just being sort of ushered out type thing. And obviously all the stars were off to some sort of after party. And uh, 
yeah, then we, the, the people from Tour de Time, we sat and just had a drink and kind of processed what we'd just done. And uh, and and then we went home and I was like, I just went to a world premiere. That was something I never once expected for anything. It sounds pretty magical. And I remember being really excited for you when I found out that you were invited and that you were going. We had just started Threefold Talk like a couple months before that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt so cool. I was like, I, I work with that guy. I know him. Like, you know, just, <laughs> I was really excited for you. And I really felt like you deserved it because you work so hard in this fandom. And a lot of people say that. I actually um, was just listening to last week's episode and Kevin mentioned that on the episode. Like when your name comes up, that's often like the next thing people say is like, Rob works so hard. He does so much. Uh, and it's true. You uh, support other creators. You do production for other um, channels. And uh, you also do this like at 2 or 3 a.m. your time. Like you get up to do these things to help all of us in America out with our content. So, uh, you know, that's really along with the theme of what we do in this podcast. It really is, you know, a version of the lights work that you do. Uh, so we're just wondering why you do that. Like, what makes you want to give your time and wake up in the middle of the night to help other people out with Wheel of Time content? It's called 20 years with no one to talk to. 20 years of no one to share Wheel of Time with will build up a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of uh, desire to engage, and... I, when I really like something, like, that's it, done, I'm in. Like, I can't pick favorites for some things, but once I do pick a favorite, it's like locked in for life. So <laughs> Wheel of Time is just one of those things. And the fandom is just a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> it's just something I love. Uh, there's always great people. I was listening to... Uh, I think I was list- I was listening to Shanice and Kiba uh, mm-hmm. on their their new podcast, What in Color, and Shanice was talking about how uh, accepting and safe the space is. Like they don't, the fandom just doesn't accept that people are going to be bigoted or racist or any of those sorts of things. It happens, but then people hop in and just be like, "Ah, uh-uh, goodbye," and they just it just gets put away. Like it just gets you know people get rid of it. The, the fandom is just really generous in that way. Um, really open and accepting and you know that's that's a great way to be so I was like this is a good place to put my energy I just I don't know I just love doing it you mentioned I yeah I, I do help out other people I help out other people less than I used to but that was because I realized I was helping them more than I was doing anything for myself um, and that was you know there's only so much you should do that before you're like well now i'm anxious. i'm just working for someone else um you know to to paraphrase that situation so i stepped back from doing a lot of the things i was doing um but i still do a few things to help out here and there i offer advice when people want it or people come to me with questions about things um you know i'm like i'm i've made all the mistakes <laughs> i've i've done podcast recordings where my voice has not been recorded i've done you know videos i've had to make three times because i can't get anything right on it i have lost recordings i have you know um 
yeah, I feel like I've made every mistake under the sun and I continue to make them anyway. And so I learn from it the hard way. Uh, I'm thinking Bubble of Evil on Threefold Talk now with the, the sound just rolling around for like 15 <laughs> minutes. Um, I dread, I, I, I can't go back and watch that episode. I haven't no. watched it either, actually. No. <laughs> I kind of want to, though, because I think it's probably hilarious. But... I feel like the, yeah, maybe the five of us should sit down and do a reaction to it at some point because it's just, it's That insane. would be fun, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just... I also enjoy production. Um, I've never been, I didn't study TV, editing, you know, video making sound, anything like that ever. Um, but as I've learned to do these things, because it makes my content better if I know what I'm doing, obviously, um, I found that I really enjoyed doing it. Um, for a time, I feel like I was the only person who really did it outside of taylor i was you know people did shows but aside from the dusty wheel no one did a lot of live shows but i was doing a live or two every month um and so people would say rob how do you do this or rob can you help with this and so i would i would i would go and help um that's not to say i was the only one who did do lives or could do lives i just for some reason was the one people came to um and that progressed doing the Twitter of Time Awards. But I think I'd already done one a holiday by that stage, actually. I think. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I just, as much as I like making the videos and, you know, I really do enjoy all the things I do, doing the events is is a lot, a lot of fun. Um, I, I just, there's a buzz out of doing those, even though it is two in the morning and sometimes for many hours. <laughs> but they're not, or every week, thank God, so... <laughs> That's what I thought you might say when we asked about what your favorite thing was, because I know you really love doing that piece, the kind of behind the scenes stuff. I do, but you specified the question with week in, week out, and I definitely couldn't do it week in, week out unless it yeah. was my actual job. Yeah. And people actually paid me for it week in, week out, and then I could do it. Yeah. So is is that an okay condition there, Anas? I see you nodding. No, I'm just, I, I was just reflecting on just the fact that you know the fact that you've done this for a very long time and you know what running a live stream what it entails and having done a few myself now um yeah it's just you know i was just reflecting <laughs> that's what i was doing right there <laughs> i was just thinking about you know um you know <laughs> yeah just thinking about that yeah I, I like to think of live streams as there's no work and then there's you, you, it's all work at the same time like you're just there you're live everything's running you've done the setup whatever software you might be using or, or technology to to send your live stream out um so you're just there just do your show have fun hit the end button at the end but at the same time you're doing that you're watching chat have i got comments up do i need to switch screens what's going over there is youtube actually showing what i'm seeing on my transfer yeah so there are a thousand things you're doing at once but at the same time it's just you doing the show at the same breath so yeah it's um it's a unique experience um it, it really is it's one of the most enjoyable things i i think at least for me off the content that you do is you know is a live stream um so that's it's pretty cool that you feel comfortable doing that and you're, you're good at doing that um and obviously <laughs> you know hearing that you you know it's you're right it's not easy to do it <laughs> but it's it is very enjoyable to um to do all of those things to make a an enjoyable experience for yourself. Yeah, yeah, you have to enjoy it. Um, 
I've always had weird sleep. I'd never realized I never answered that part of that question. I've always had a weird sleep pattern. Um, I've always been one. I'm, I'm a night owl anyway, um, despite the fact I have a job that requires me to get up at seven quite often. Well, start work at seven quite often. Um, <laughs> it's weirdly enough, I don't like to work at night, but I still like to stay up and do other things. Um, so being up at two in the morning is is kind of I'm just like, whatever, I'll, I'll get up and just do it and then go back mm -hmm. to sleep. Um, which was probably very, very bad for me, but I get too many benefits out of it. So I'll keep cool. doing it. No, <laughs> but yeah, no, th thank you for for everything that you do for, for the fandom. Um, uh, we appreciate it. And it is the light's work that you do. So um, thank you for all of that. Thank you. I Yeah, I, I enjoy it. And the fandom, you know, they they enjoy it. They deserve it. Uh, they engage and you know that's that's the best bit grace do you have anything else or should we move on to our our rapid questions let's do rapid questions all right, i'm excited cool. for these bring on the rapid questions all i've right, been listening uh, so to you, these week in week out so yeah, yeah. so you, you know the premise um you know, it's uh, usually a yes or no or a choice and uh, what you choose is forever your answer so uh first instinct um i'm going first right i'm going first yes yeah. you're going first okay all right Favorite Wheel of Time book? Shadow Rising. Favorite season one episode? Seven. Favorite actor on the show? Daniel Henney. Favorite season two teaser scene? Uh, Uno on his knees where everyone thinks he's going to die. <laughs> will Uno survive season two then? Absolutely. Yes, he will. Correct answer. What does Guy Roberts smell like? <sighs> what does Guy Roberts smell like? Guy Roberts smells like flaming goat kisses <laughs> that's a perfect answer Perrin, Matt or Rand Perrin Min, Elaine or Avienda Avienda best wheel of time food honey cakes what's worse Swan's feather headdress or Luz Theron's dragon brooch uh, this is I was waiting for this question <laughs> I remembered you asked me in pre-show oh uh, that's tough. Oh, um, the 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 swan nest headdress thing. Hey, you you haven't seen the whole scene yet, so give season two. You know, give that scene a chance. Uh, maybe um, Sophie Canada will 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 win you over. So um, she's yeah. pretty amazing. You've only se yeah, you've only seen like a second or two of that. So right. <laughs> But I have to lock in an answer, so I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so would you would you wear that dragon brooch then? And, in, and instead of wearing the headpiece, yes. <laughs> if that was the choice, yes. It's just so I just find it so funny how you like hate these little details, like accessories and stuff. You just have such like. Uh... <laughs> I'm not one for like. You know, oh, I hate this, or I really don't like this. Um, and when I say I hate something, it's more of a case of like, personally, that's not my thing. If you like it, that's absolutely okay. I, you know, I respect that someone's put time and work into it. But I'm like, personally, for me, don't like it. That's just me. No issue if you like it, go for it. Um, yeah, that brooch looks cheap and tacky to me. <laughs> I don't know. Age of Legends. Yeah, back her in Age of Legends, you know, they had plastic. <laughs> This yeah. is true. Her headpiece <laughs> looks like they just picked it up out of a, a lake and that a, a swan is out there somewhere being like, where's my nest? Um. So if you get to meet Sophie Okonedo, because I know you and a couple other fans are planning to see her in a play in London. We are. Uh, if you meet her, will you tell her how much you hate that headdress? No. 
I will probably at that moment in time be like, like we, we we loved your you know we saw you in the trailer it was so awesome <laughs> if someone brings it up I will be like what was it like to wear that headdress uh, because mm. it, personally to me it looked very cumbersome uh, I wasn't a fan of the design personally <laughs> But what was it like to wear? And I would put it in that way, probably. If, uh, if, the, if it came if up. Com- if conversation sort of moved in that direction. But much like when we met Ayula Smart and like your brain just disappears because, yeah. you know, the, the, the squeeze is, is just insane. So. Well, if that conversation does happen, can you please record it somehow? Because that would just <laughs> like make my day. I just would find that so funny. <laughs> Well, when I when I meet Sophie at the season two premiere, I will be sure. There to we go. When, when I when I get to interview her on the blue carpet, so uh, maybe Grace, you can ask her when when that happens. Yeah, do you get a plus one? Uh, I mean, I did last time. Mm, okay. And I, and and you know, Matt Hatch got to take an assistant. True. Um, so uh, one of the you know the the things we do to end the show is our favorite fandom moments of the week. Um, and Grace, you want to go first with this? I think you should go first because I have a cat that's purring into my mic right now. So why don't you go first? All right. <laughs> so mine is, um, and I don't. Uh, maybe you guys actually know this person, but uh, this is a Twitter um, account that's new. It's called Catchpole Creations, and they've put a, a couple of pictures out of um, crochet dolls. Uh, I think there's one of Rand, one of Lutheran, one of Perrin. And they've mentioned Malkyricon, and they've talked about Malkyricon. So I feel like there's someone who's been to Malkyricon. Um, but they're really um, cute-looking dolls, and um, I am I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. So I, I really enjoyed um, seeing those. And um, now it's making me think, There's is there a dragon brooch on the Lutheran um, doll? Uh, I'm going to go look now. <laughs> <laughs> That would be amazing. Uh, yeah, they are so adorable. I found them yes. this week as well, and I was so impressed, and I can't wait to see more of them. Uh, so my favorite moment was um, pretty recently, maybe it's just a couple of days ago now, um, that- There Rand- is a dragon brooch. <laughs> <laughs> are you serious? Oh my God. Well, I mean, it's, but it's like, it's like a, um, it's like crocheted on. So, well, but yeah. it's I, it has to be a dragon brooch. It's pretty. It's pretty cute. <laughs> I love it. Th- I th- I think this might win you over, Rob. But um, I'll, I'll let you decide. <laughs> well, they'll have to bring it back to Malkyricon and then uh, make a yeah, choice there. Yeah. You have to Grace, see it in yeah, person. Saying- <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So a couple of days ago, Brandon Sanderson uh, released a video um, that was an interview with Michael Kramer and Kate Redding about their work doing the audiobooks for the Cosmere. And it was a really lovely video. It was just produced beautifully. I don't know if Taylor had anything to do with it. I was wondering if he, he might have, but I think it might have been filmed before he was involved. Uh, anyway, it was just lovely. And Kate was sitting in this beautiful yellow chair, which made me, of course, think of the lights work. And they were talking about the fandom um, in part of this interview towards the end. They mentioned WatCon and Kate talked about her experience there. And the way she described the fandom was just really, really beautiful. She talked about it as sort of an ideal society, um, the way that people treat each other and how kind everybody is. And 
I definitely can't say it as nicely as she said it, so you all should watch it if you haven't already. Uh, definitely brought some tears to my eyes, and I really appreciated that uh, she picked up on that. And just to hear her saying that, you know, in her voice, which is just so famous to me, was just just lovely. It was probably one of the most favorite things I've seen in in weeks. Um, yeah. Just, you know, obviously hearing their voices, but the way it was produced um, in parts and, you know, how it was, how they were sitting, how Kate did everything in that video, <laughs> you know, talk and describe things and, you know, just that they're like, you know, small Reddingisms, Kateisms, whatever, whatever they are, you know, that uh, I, um, and having met her, she's, she's, I mean, again, Michael's awesome, but um, both of them together is just such, um, such a gift to the fandom. I agree. I agree. Um, I, I came prepared knowing that you do this segment and then I gracified it because I came with two. <laughs> Yay. Good. <laughs> but... we, we, we did, we did. I like put down the, the, the iron rule today. And I was like, only one for you, yes. Grace. You I cannot had two have one. in the dock wow. yeah. and he yeah. was very strict with me today. So yeah. Okay. Maybe I knew we were gonna have uh, Rob um, take take your you know take your you know baton and do 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 what you do to. Maybe well, you see, I feel like I've had the rule throw down on me as well because one of the things I was picking, you've mentioned. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, this is why it's a yeah. good idea to pick more than one in case somebody else yeah, takes that's yours. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So, um, the... yeah, mine, mine, my first one was the the dolls um, yeah. because. Um, Inkeeper Hatch put out the countdown uh, things that he likes to do, and they added on to the end of it. And MalkyrieCon is, uh, and they said however many days away it is. I forget the number. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of scared me a little bit to think, oh, it's only that many days. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was great because obviously I've met at least the person that has purchased one of these dolls, if not the person who does them, um, when he came to MalkyrieCon. Uh, but the other one for me involves your guest from last week. And uh, he, oh, Kev, no. oh, Kevin no. Angus. Yes, <laughs> I can't. I can't wait to listen to your Lego Time recording. I'm really looking forward to that um, because when, he was brilliant when he came on and chatted with me. Uh, so he's he's a great guy. It's a, it, yeah. it's a, it's a pretty he's cool episode. A wonderful guest. He is yes. really great. I um I had a lot of Kevin in, in my life this week, and I, I, I am better for it. Oh yeah, that's yes. right. Kevin oh, yeah. was on the Dusty Wheel too. Yeah, mm -hmm. he was. Yes, I haven't uh, haven't been able to watch that just yet. So um, I look forward to watching that and enjoying more Kevin time. But uh, Kevin, uh, we know Kevin loves the trollic nips, and uh, he has much fun with that. And this, I don't know if it was past week or a little bit longer, but uh, it is expanded in terms of uh, nipple attire, <laughs> and then somebody tagged uh sarah nakamura and asked what the crew are thinking of this and sarah replied uh in essence i'm going to paraphrase it to say that uh, a screenshot of the said post went into their group chat i'm presuming this is among writers and producers of various you know similar levels obviously it's not going to high amazon execs but you know people on the show at that sort of you know wraith and sarah level type thing um has gone in the group chat and the reactions are varied <laughs> <laughs> it's just it just kind of blew my mind that wraith is aware of uh kev's trollic nipple 
um, sort of core system of tweeting, I suppose you might describe it as. And he, then he, I'm sh- he does go into it on on our talk, so you, you will learn. You will learn. Um, you will Many learn things, more about I'm sure. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Um, so I love that that's made it to uh, the production team and the writers, and that they've reacted in various ways, which says to me some have found it funny. And I'm sure some have found it shocking. Um, and I'm sure that there's been expanded conversations and screenshots, like context given of various things uh, for those that may may or may not have been aware of other things. But I just love that she replied so simply and so quickly being like, a screenshot has been shared and the reactions are varied. <laughs> it's like, you know, that, that um, is it a meme or like one of those TikTok things where it's like, nobody will know, nobody will know. But mm-hmm. like, no, everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. How, how will they know? How would they know? How yeah. is anyone going to know? Because Sarah screenshot it at that time. <laughs> that was um, really a great fandom moment because it wasn't just the fact that Sarah and some of the crew knew about it, but it was the way that everybody on Twitter reacted to that. And everybody was just sort of like face palming and like saying, Kevin, what are you doing? Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. People were blaming the lack of news. And <laughs> they said, this is your fault. You brought it upon yourself. So just, yeah, reading everybody's response to that was really fun this week. Yeah, it was very entertaining. Um, <laughs> and I, I just, I want to, I'm absolutely, when I get to interview Rafe, because I'm just manifesting things like this will happen. Mm-hmm. So when I get to interview Rafe, that is absolutely one of the questions I'm going to ask. So there was a screenshot from Twitter shared in your chat, I believe, from Sarah at one point, Rafe. <laughs> Uh, regarding uh, Trolloc attire. Uh, I'm just curious how you felt about that. <laughs> it's like, which which one? We, we, we yeah. have all of them. You, are you asking my favorite? Is that... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because Lauren... Let's have another Lauren mention. <gasps> Lauren. Lauren initially replied where he put tassels on Rand when he's strapped to the yep. wheel. That's right. Yeah. I'm sure they've seen the Rand tassels as well, yeah. <laughs> that is Lauren's most, I think, um, like most viewed video or something. Yeah, I mean, forget about all the beautiful, lovely, highly quality yes. produced videos. It's he will go down in history for the rant the ta- tassels. The, the, yeah, the rant, rant tassels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, thank you, Rob. This has been a, a wonderful um, conversation. Uh, it's really fun, and you know, thank you for being on the lights work. No, I I really appreciate it. Uh, this is. I I don't often get uh, nervous or conscious about going on shows and, and talking to people, but I felt, uh, I suppose pressure is the, the best word to describe. I felt a, a, a smidge of pressure to come on and, uh, you know, just be... Uh, not not be authentic. I'm all, I always try to be authentic, um, but to be worthy, is I believe is the word I'd used earlier. Be worthy of being on The Light's Work, because... This is an amazing podcast. Uh, you're both amazing people. You put a lot of efforts into creating wonderful things for the fandom and celebrating wonderful things about the fandom. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that I came on and contributed to that. So I, I've had a lot of fun. I, I hope I've lived up to that aim and that goal. And, uh, you know, I look forward to all the things you do in the future because... You know, it's you. As I said, you're wonderful people with beautiful goals. Grace, do you have any pl- do you, Do you have any plans, projects planned? Do Do we have anything? We have so many projects planned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you definitely have proved yourself worthy because you just made us both cry. So 
that was, you know, you've passed the test. If you can make us okay. cry. <laughs> no, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. You know, if you like listening to what we have to say and, you know, have listened to wonderful guests like Rob, um, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at LightsWorkPod, on Instagram at the TheLightsWork. Um, join our Discord server. It's going through a very heavy Pedro Pascal era right now, and um, we're all very happy with that. And if you can, sponsor us on Patreon. But uh, until next time, it's your turn to go out into the world and do the lights work. The Lights Work is a Wheel of Time fandom podcast hosted by Anas and Grace. The Lights Work is in no way affiliated with the Children of the Light. Please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Follow us on social media or sponsor us on Patreon. <laughs>